Hey, Bob. Steve-O, you got time to record the podcast? Yeah, I can uh, still have a survivor night. I can sneak away for a few minutes. All right, nice. I was just worried about you all weekend. You just had two. Just, I don't know if they were heartbreaking or just pitiful losses, like both the Merriman and Mal just losing games. They should have won against teams that were just fielding TV rosters. I think I texted you Sunday morning. How do you feel about going against the Bean TV roster? And you had no confidence at all. And, and I said, this is a feel of a 29-27 down to the wire at Monday Night Football, and it came right down to the wire. It was a little more high scoring, but I, I nailed it right on. Um, tell the tell the listeners about how your fantasy football weekend went. Oh boy, I don't even I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I pretty much I'm just the weekend went so bad that I was just about to just get on the phone with Nick and just and just give him a team and just. It's just too, it's just too much on my mental health to deal with two teams in this league, and I think I just need one. It was just, it was just crazy. You know, it starts out with Thursday night. You know, Dick's getting all this hype, and it just, it had the feel of like, you know, that like Monday nighter years ago when like Vic put up like 42 out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, how could I want to forget? It had, like, that feel going into it. And so I was, you know, ultimately I was just like, Becky, what should I do? And she was like, the dog lover in her, for some reason, went with Vic. Wow. So she, like, talked me into it. So I played Vic. You know, within minutes I'm getting texts from Nick saying, I'm crazy, I'm throwing away owner of the year. I mean, I'm not even in the owner of the year running in my mind. And... Lo and behold, picking Vic in his measly six points was the uh was better than going with Stafford. But uh you know, just you know, Vic Antonio Brown dropped a touchdown, Demarius Thomas dropped a touchdown at the end of the Broncos game. Ebron goes out with an injury on Monday night, like in the first quarter. It just uh it was just crazy. You know, Melvin Gordon, forty six yards. So close. Uh, you know, Demarius Thomas, 93, then 7. Macklin, 148. Then you get down to the, you get down to the Tangs game, and you know, I was going back and forth with you watching that Jets Miami game, and it was just, it was just the most brutal fourth quarter watching Cannon Hill throw about 30 passes into the end zone over the course of that quarter, and of course one catch was Stills, which ultimately, that connection, Thinks both my teams, if you look at it that way, or you look at John's guys, four sets, 150 right on the nose. Jonathan Stewart, 50 yards right on the nose. Alan Robinson, 80 yards, but 48 of it came on one catch in garbage time. Tory Smith, 54 yards, 47 yard catch at the end of the game in garbage time. You yeah. just, you can't, it just, it just, oh. And so, you know, going into Monday night, I'm thinking maybe Ebron can sneak a touchdown. You know, that, you know, it could happen, but then he goes out. And I'm like, you know, the Mallards, they, they should at least, at least walk away with a tie. I mean, the Beans, they started a bunch of garbage. And, nope, nope, couldn't do it. You know, we get the Atlanta game going, and Matt Bryan's just, 
he's just matching up with Matt Ryan like it's nothing. <laughs> you know, what the Falcons score, 49 points or something, and Matt Ryan has six points? Come on. Yeah. It was – I watched the entire game. We get the Texans games down here. It was just unfathomable. They were moving the ball right down the field every drive on this Texans defense is supposed to be the best thing to play spread. And then Devontae Freeman or that Ward dude or whoever was in there would just run it in. It reminded me of the old Matt Schaub like five years ago where he would just pass it to Andre Johnson right down the field and Aaron Foster would run it in for the one-yard line. And every game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so many of the games were like, it was funny because like between us, like games are just, we're going back and forth within a game. You know, you got the Eagles and the Redskins playing. Oh, I pick up the new Eagles kicker, Ben Lambeau, 14 points, of course. Mm-hmm. Goes Sturgis, promptly misses a uh, field goal to, miss, to uh, end the first half. Starts off the second half, missing an extra point. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, since he missed those points, gave Kirk Cousins a chance to come down to win the game instead of the Eagles putting away. Kirk Cousins comes down like Joe Montana in the Super Bowl. Throws a touchdown at the end of that game to win it as time expired. It just, and then of course the big one at the end there was, you know, Jeremy Hill, three touchdowns and a conversion, completely pulled that out of his ass. So I was lucky to even be in it. But you know, Monday yeah. night, Monday night, Amir Abdullah, forty-four yards after the first Lions drive in the second half. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I can't take it. Did he even get a single touch the rest of the game? I don't think he did. And then of course Calvin Johnson at the end with two minutes left. Heading into the end zone, all I do is hold on to the ball and he scores. And Cam Sanford makes like the defensive play of the year. Mm. Yeah, it was one of the craziest games I've been a part of. I mean, I put out the kitchen sink for the Beans lineup. I should have made some moves this week. I just I knew I was going to stay, and I was thinking I'll probably lose this game. I got nothing. I so I start Cousins. I start Robert Woods. I start Kenny Stills because Alshon Jeffries out. Deshaun Jackson doesn't come back, so I don't even have the utility. Uh, I debated. I was thinking about trading for Doug Baldwin or Fred Jackson on Monday to fill that utility spot, but ultimately I said, yeah, Calvin's either going to get a touchdown or he's not, and if he's not, I'll probably win. So I said, I'll roll with it. I might end up tying. I can live with the ties the brothers had already lost. Ended up not simply utility, but if you had told me before the weekend started that I'd get zero from Julio Jones and Carlos Hyde, and I'd have to start Robert Woods, Kenny Stills, and Kirk Cousins, and I'd come away with a win over the Mallards who have Hill, Evans, Calvin Johnson, uh, Matt Ryan, you name it. I, I would have thought you were crazy, but you know that's why we played the game, and, and it was uh, the Beans must have some luck this year, so. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know what congratulations! Be. Congratulations on four zero. It's that's gonna be a good feeling, that's for sure. Uh, I can't remember the last time I was on the front page. The beans were on the front page of the FFL for a good reason. I mean, uh, yeah, that might be a fun fact for John to look up. It's, it's got to be six, seven years they've been in the toilets for so long to see Kirk Cousins on the front page of FFL dot com feels pretty good. So. I will say my one saving grace was something better than every team in that has been lost. But the Mallards, it was tough because the Dragons won there 3-1, and and I got them on tap this weekend. And, you know, it's, that's going to be a big game. Almost almost must win. 
can't really go down two games in the Visions of the Dragons because let's put you away. Yeah, you can't, you can't really go down two wins in, in any of these divisions. It's going to be tough to, it's tough to make up that ground with only, you know, seven, seven games left, right? Or, yeah. How many games left? Nine? Oh, we got, we have nine games left. Okay. But, All right. But, but for lots of though, every game feels like a must win, not just for like this season, but like, you know, when your player does bad with it being a dynasty league, it's not like, Oh well, I got this guy and he stinks this year, you know. Like that's kind of my thinking with like CJ Anderson would be like, oh, this is a redraft, you know. Mm, I blew it, CJ Anderson. But you know, you're just like, I'm screwed for the next three years. You know, like one loss feels like you're just gonna suck for three years. All right, yeah, good transition, CJ Anderson. I was thinking about this over the weekend. You've got to re- let's redo the top six draft this year. What what changes? Does Beam still go Mariota, right? Well, I think if we have a redo, I mean, obviously, obviously the Mary men make the trade review of number five and thirteen for the number one and get Gurley, right? And I would have been open to that trade because I said I would have been happy with either Mariota or um, Janus Winston, and sure, Winston would have definitely followed me. I don't know if Mariota would have, but. Uh, Cito has said he would have taken Mario the second, so now he wouldn't have made it to you. But we'll we'll treat this like we're not making the trade. So okay, I think Mariota still goes one, Gurley goes two, Cooper still goes three, and now I'm I'm back on the clock with all these clowns to pick from. Yeah, big drop off there. Um, Melvin Gordon's looked good, but the the Chargers can't block anyone, and they're running a really weird offense right now where. They think a five foot six Danny Woodhead is their best option. Yeah. So I would still stick with Gordon. And you have to remember, we used to take guys in the top five or ten and expect them to do nothing for two years. Yeah. So, what about Matt Jones? Oh, I got two more picks left. I got oh, Gordon at number four. Yeah. Huh? Um, I would take. I would take Matt Jones number five. And then, I guess I would be, and they'd probably still take Abdullah. He's looked, he's looked good, but I have to really maybe think about Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's been awesome. You know, he should, he should have been a first rounder the way he's played. Yeah, he's played well. I, I mean, the Bills have been so banged up. Jamie uh, Watkins, I don't know. He's even played a, I think he's played one game. Uh, McCoy has not been himself. I need to. I want to see the Bills at full strength. I kind of feel bad for for my boy Rex, but uh, yeah, Tyrod Taylor looked really good. It's it's strange seeing um, so many hyped players just doing nothing that were drafted in the you know first and second round. How does Brian look now making that trade for Brandon Marshall at seven? He was. I mean that. That might save, it might get the brothers to the playoffs. You know, Parker, Parker's going to be a good player, but obviously, you know, they've just got chaos down there in Miami. And they, now they get a, like a bodybuilder to a new head coach. That guy looks like he's over at the home book now. And it's just not happening for any Dolphins this year. I mean, just not going to happen. So it, it was, it was a great move by, by Bri looking back. Definitely. 
Yeah, I, I think I'd, I would move Matt Jones up there into the, the top six, and I, I agree with your top six so far. And uh, T.J. Yeldon's been pretty good. I think I would favor the other three running backs ahead of him, but um, he's looked pretty good. Aguilar, I have no idea what to think of him. Kevin White, maybe he goes where Aguilar went. Uh, Philip Dorsett, I think, is going to be really good. And Coleman, what about your boy Kevin Coleman? He played really well until he broke his ribs, and and now he's going to have a hard job, hard time getting his job back. And Freeman's just—he's playing out of his mind. All I can hope is that you know Coleman starts getting on the field, and he does even more in his limited snaps to return, and then starts stealing some work. Yeah, I like the Falcons team. I really think uh, I like their run and pass balance. I think they are one of the few teams that can beat the Packers in the NFC, so it should be interesting. I, I couldn't believe it turned around so quick for them because I've watched them a lot, you know, the last two years, and they were so bad. I, it just—it doesn't seem possible that they could turn it all around in one off season with bringing in no other like wide receivers or anything, and no offensive line. I mean, it's just incredible that they turned it around. Yeah, yeah, it's a good team. Well, speaking of the trades, like the Brandon Marshall one, what did you think of that Big Ben trade last weekend? I, I was stunned. I felt like we wrapped up that pad ta- podcast, and you were, like, on the phone with John at 3 in the morning. You probably woke him up and was like, I need Big Ben before this podcast uh, hits the website. I don't want anyone else traded for him. Is that how it went down? Uh, Pretty much the next day, I was just looking at it, and Stafford's, Stafford has, like, just a brutal first six games, and then he also sucks. And I don't think he, I don't even think he practices or watches film. He just, he regresses more and more week to week, year to year. And, and then I saw the, so I was thinking about Big Ben, but I didn't really know what to do. And, you know, Carr just had a good game. But then I saw the blurb in Roto World saying, from Big Ben saying, we're going for two after every touchdown. And that right there for me, I was like, that's another two, six points a week he might get. That's like covering another position. I was like, I got to make a move. And I just, I just threw my best offer out there, like from the get go. And Jalen's like, yep, yeah, sure. And yeah, it was a, had it. And, uh, I, I think John did the right thing. And, uh, yeah, it's always astonishing that Big Ben and Cam Newton have been back up in this league for so long. They're clearly top ten quarterbacks, and uh, I don't know why, you know, trading a number one pick for a quarterback is always a fair fair trade for both teams. I'm surprised I don't see it more often. Well, I did give up Carr, who's played extremely well since the trade, so it's a little hard to see him play so well with Ben, you know, getting hurt after he was, he was taken apart the Rams and he went down. But uh, it's just typical Big Ben. You know, he started for the Mallards for years and then we had the whole Dalton, Eli Manning type thing with Ryan and Big Ben before I shipped him out. And, you know, back when he was on the Mallards, you know, he was bringing girls in the bathrooms, he was drinking, he was crashing motorcycles, he was always getting banged up. So it just made sense that when he came back that he would get back to his old ways. Yeah, um, and as far as Derek Carr, I mean, when I traded into you last year, I was like, what's, what's his ceiling going to be in this league? Is he ever going to be like a top five or ten fantasy quarterback? I said, probably not. He's probably going to be middle of the road, Joe Flacco. 
uh, Jay Cutler, that type of player. So I'll get rid of him. I got Andrew Luck. So I think getting rid of him it was was a fine move. I don't think he's going to be a, a superstar stud, even with Cooper there. Um, I think he'll. I he's think, always just going to be a starter. I think he'll be a starter. I think he would be a top 16, definitely a starter in our league. But yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's going to be having for you know that top five status. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to keep the I go 500 while Big Ben's out and and then hope to make a run because I I definitely think the AFC is still wide open, especially yeah, the AFC West. It was a it was a big trade. I mean, to see you give up on your boy Matt Stafford is uh is, that was that must have been a real gut check for you to say all right, the Stafford era is over. And uh, then they go out and start Vic a week later over Stafford, which turned out to be the right move. Uh, man, you're in the same boat with me. What do I do with RG3? What do you do with Stafford? It's kind of like, they just put on the roster for years as a backup. Yeah, I mean, Stafford's still 27 and Ben's 34, so I figure Stafford's got time to straighten it out maybe, but whatever, he can he can run the scout team and, and get us ready for our games. Yeah. Um, what do you think, uh, do you think the Buddies can win the AFC West now that Big Ben's gone down with an injury and the management just suck in general? I do think the Buddies can do it, but I just, I don't know, I feel like they're getting max value out of all their players right now, like, what they're, what they're doing is like the max they're gonna get, uh, I just can't picture Ruben Randall scoring a touchdown every week like he's been doing, Pierre Garçon. I just don't know if he can ever get more than six points a week. Justin Tucker scares me. It seems like he puts up 15 every week. Carlos Williams is a great, great pickup by Mike. He's going to be a good player, but now he's injured. Sproles gives me nightmares more than any other Westfield player. That guy will always scare me anytime I see him in the lineup. And then, you know, Mate, Peyton Manning, I mean, he's winning games with his, winning games with his mind, mind now. Uh, <laughs> Still, uh, he's still a scary player, and uh, but I just I don't know I I can't see this team. I know they had that huge week last week, but I think yeah, week three. Know. We should probably with the two weeks uh, between our podcasts, we should probably differentiate between week three and four. Yeah, we go here at week three, so I don't know. I I still think the Merriman and Eaters it comes out of those two teams, uh, but the buddy is the Avante. You guys have to give my credit. He's, I don't mind the thick of thing. things. Yeah. Well, this is a big week. We go, uh, we have another, you know, we have one game, a divisional game this week. So, we have Eaters, Buddies, and Man the Thugs. So, you know, it's a, it's a good chance for the Buddies to pick up a game on the Eaters here if they are going to, they're going to stick around. Yeah, I mean, the Thugs are just one game back, and I have to remind them that two one point losses in a row. Week one and week two, I won. I lost by one point each. Yeah, you could be three and one. That's for sure. Or if Andrew Luck had played this week, you you know you could really be four and zero. Yeah, I need Andrew Luck to turn it around. This is pathetic. I I mean, he's my whole team, and ugh, it's been terrible. And then the, yeah, I don't know when he turned into Joe Flacco, but it's you know some guys just can't handle. Going out and making all kinds of commercials like Rogers, fine, Manning used to be fine, but you know most of these guys. Once you start seeing them on TV, like Cordero Patterson and stuff, like they're done. They're not. They're too busy to study and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, just, and then luck to pull that stunt where he all of a sudden 
doesn't play. I, I was I didn't even think I thought oh, they're just resting him to play. Not that into I didn't even go and get a backup quarterback last week. And sure enough, didn't play. So now this yeah. guy uh, get McCown or or somebody and he doesn't have a buy in a week ten, so that was my logic of of I'm not gonna, you know, draft a backup quarterback who may not be starting in week ten, so I was just Banking on him. Yeah, I think that's when you go with, well, yeah, it would help you for your bye week, but you almost need to just pick up half of that just to bring insurance. Yeah, I probably should have done that, but. I remember, I, I used to do that with Pepper. I always had, like, the Viking backup, or I used to do it with Stafford, too, when he was very fragile. I always have his backup. Yeah. That was more because they had good off, those teams had good offenses, and you just kind of wanted to still be tied to them if you could. Yeah. Uh, so who do you think's the the best team in the AFC? I mean, you look up to the East, and you got the refugees at four and zero. Though contractually, they've only got two to three wins left. Should be interesting to see when they get them. And then uh, you the Bear at three and one. I like the Bear more than the refugees. The refugees are going to come back to earth. There's no way with that quarterback situation they're going to keep this up once the bye week start. And they already you got lucky winning with Gronk out against the Thugs this week, but. Um, and he's getting everything he can out of Chris Johnson. I was impressed that he even still had Chris Johnson on his roster. Um, but I like, from top to bottom, I like to bear a little better than the refugees. Tom Brady is just gonna, he might be the league MVP when it's all said and done. And, and Morris is still running, Yeldon, um, and Edelman, Alan Hearns, James Jones. Uh, Devin Smith looks pretty good too. So I, I think the bear will win that division. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think the refugees will, I think they'll get pulled back more into the pack. I think the bear will, too. But then again, if Brady just keeps tearing it up, maybe not. But I, I really don't think the llamas and the tanks are done yet. You know, I, if they both, if they both gone to 0-4, then I think they're, they'd be out of it. But I, I think those two teams are still alive, and they're going to make some noise. So we got a long way to go. Especially in the AFC. I think the AFC in general just stinks. Like, yeah. Nobody, nobody has a great team. And, you know, they just, there's just no one, no one's very good over there. So I, I think, you know, I think the NFC is just far better. Yeah, Ryan's just going to be pissed at oh, just about everybody on his team is underachieving. Um, I gotta think. The Llamas turn it around here. Uh, you know, Jordan Matthews should be playing better. Jarvis Landry is the only Dolphin that was even showed up on Sunday morning. He was outstanding. Uh, Amari Cooper is, is going to be a great pick. Uh, Devontae Adams should be, you know, he's probably a year away. Uh, you know, Joseph Randall, DeMarco Murray, Matt Jones, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I got to see those guys. Get going here. He's got a lot of depth. So when the bye week start in, I, I think the Llamas will start winning some of these games. They got a level of depth than other teams, but they've dug themselves pretty big hole behind the Bear and the Refugees. So, well, big big game this weekend is uh, we got we got the Tens and the Llamas. So pretty much one team's gonna be almost eliminated this weekend. If you think yeah, about it. not not really, but I mean it's gonna be hard to come back from one and four. Yeah, who, does John, with Tannehill on bye, does John have to start Brandon Whedon or Dallas on bye too? No, he's got Brandon Whedon in there right now. Okay. 
I thought Dallas was in by this week, but I must be, uh, yeah, no, Dallas doesn't have a bye until week six. Okay. I knew it was coming up soon, so week six. Yeah. Is this week Remember? Dallas versus New England? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So could get some garbage time points in there for a lead in. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so who's your, who's the best team in the NFC right now? Is it the Dragons, the Beans, the Brothers? Or the boys. The boys are scoring, but they are just not getting wins. Yeah, it's either the Dragons or the Brothers. Um, I'll give the edge just because of Aaron Rodgers to the Dragons, but that brother team with Carson Palmer uh, is pretty good, too. I'm still waiting for the the other shoe to drop with who's going to be out for the year uh, on the Brothers. Um, uh, that Brandon Mark. Awesome to fill the Jordy Nelson hold and uh, Jason Witten still delivers. Um, and he's got Eddie Lacy and Jamal Charles and Palmer. I mean, that's, that should be your NFC Championship game, Brothers Dragons, but Brothers are 2 and 2, so you have their work cut out for them. What about you? Yeah, I, I think the Dragons are the best. You know, Aaron Rodgers, just, you know, week three, what do you put up like? He had five touchdowns in, like, the first half. It was insane. It was just... He's, yeah, he's, he wins John every week. He wins the game for John every week. It's just incredible. Yeah, he's the best player in the NFL and the LFFL. Um He does... The one thing that no one really talks about is his road numbers are significantly worse than his home numbers. So if I'm John, I'm checking who he's playing week you know, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, last year he played Buffalo really late in the season. I think he got a goose egg. Uh, that might have been the week he lost the boys. Week 14, they got the Cowboys at home. Week 15, they are somewhere on the schedule here. At Oakland in week 16. At Arizona. Ooh. Yeah, at Oakland and at Arizona. That'll be so no Lambo games uh, unless he has to play in that first round game. So that'll be interesting to watch. But uh, yeah, he's he's just awesome. Um, yeah, but at least at least, but you know, weather won't be a factor. He's going to two nice environments. So yeah. So yeah. Um, so what's what's left in the NFC here? Oh, we have the chickens. At O three and one, are the chickens even good enough to win the number one pick now that we have a a playoff format in place for the number one pick? Well, yeah, we gave the chickens their eulogy a couple weeks ago on on the podcast, and it's holding up to be true. They're the worst team in the league. They have very few trading chips. Nick's got to be hoping that Marshawn Lynch comes back and has like a 20-point game and has to deal him uh, to, to a contender. Um, Victor Cruz the same thing. But, uh, oh, his, his, uh, and it, it might be time to deal Drew Brees. If Drew Brees puts up another week, I'm, I'm dealing Drew Brees and just trying to unload these veterans. And I, I think he's guys. trying. I think he's trying to move these guys. It's just no one will give him what he thinks they're worth and but they're they're playing terribly, so you know would you give up a first rounder right now for Marshawn Lynch? No. Yeah, I I, no. I wouldn't either. He just it just feels like the end of the road for him. It, maybe it's not, but 
this is kind of how these running backs go out, you know, especially once they have a lot of carries like him, they just they get a couple nicks and bruises, and then they kind of spiral into something else, and then that's, they just stayed out of the league. That's how Sean Alexander went. Like, we yeah, even touchdowns one year, a year and a half later, gone. Just gone. Yeah. Um, but back to your original question. Yeah, with a new Super Bowl playoff format, I don't know. Do we have a name for it yet? I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I feel like we need to get away from Super Bowl because um, I feel like you you want to win this number one pick now. It's not. I don't know if you need to be shamed for it. Um, yeah, we, we call the Commissioner's Cup, or we I don't know, maybe come up with something. Yeah, we gotta call it something. But yeah, the chickens aren't good enough to win it. They'll uh, are they guaranteed the second pick if they finish last? Right. Yeah. So even if they're the worst, the worst they'll do is have the second pick. Okay. Because um, that LSU running back, I forget his name off the top of my head, Red or. Well, he's got, he, he can't come out. He's he's really? a 2017 pick. Yeah, he's a, only a sophomore. Oh my lord, that's incredible. Um, so, all right, right well, now, right now, like Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State would probably be the number one pick. Yeah, he's not bad. And well, Laquan Treadwell from what is it, like Mississippi State. What about um, doesn't Georgia have a good running back? Um, uh, Chubb. Chubb. Whatever. Yeah, Nick yeah. Chubb. Uh, I feel like he's a, I feel like he's a 2017 pick as well. Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think that I watch a lot of Big 12 games. I'm trying to think if there's anyone in Big 12. Uh, I, I don't know Trayvon Boykin how he's going to grade out as a pro, but um, I hear there's three or four decent quarterbacks: uh, Cook in Michigan State and the uh, Cal quarterback. Uh, I don't know if they're off or something. It's supposed to be pretty good. So. Yeah, I, I don't think the chickens are good enough to win the. I mean, maybe they get lucky and you know because they're gonna get if you're the worst two teams, you get a buy. So you know you get to the semifinals. Maybe you know Breeze and the boys pull out. You know pull it all out one last time and go off for two weeks. But uh, it should be just because of all the parity this year. The, the the consolation bracket should be. Uh, it should be pretty entertaining. I think the Stubbs are going to be in there. I think one of your teams is going to be in there, so there'll be some decent. Yeah, yeah. I think you. Know, I think you'll see the Mallards and the the Lamas. Maybe the Lamas or Tangs. One of them is going to be there. Mallards and Marinette, I'm sure. The boys, if they, you know, keep getting unlucky, and if the Huskers are they're a frisky team, it's going to be. It might be more entertaining than the regular playoffs. Yeah, should be a should keep people's interest longer, and I think that's the ultimate goal. It'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing we were uh, talking about, seeing some other guys, was uh, the waiver wire is just like a it's just like a California drought. There's nothing there. Like no one's making any moves. You think? People are making moves because either A, there's nothing there, or B, they're trying to just save their moves, get towards the top of the wave of wire, and hope to that, you know, this year's Brandon Oliver comes along or something. Yeah. Um, the reason I haven't, I haven't made a move yet is that I like to wait for the bye weeks to little kick in because that's usually when the injuries start cranking up. 
bye weeks. You gotta go out and get decent players, and the only way to get a decent player is to be up to the top of the list. In hindsight, I probably should have made some moves last week. I just didn't. I got blindsided by those injuries. Um, I'll probably be making some moves this week. Um, there were a couple of good players. Rashard Matthews uh, on Miami. John picked him up. He's he's a pretty good player. Travis Benjamin should have been on a roster in the draft. He's the Browns' best receiver. So um, there were some decent players and still some guys out there. So I think it will pick up. I wasn't really. I'm not. I think there's only like two running backs on the waivers that have 100 yards total so far this year. That are out there right now. It's just. Do you think we have too many teams in the league? Do you, you think you know we should rekindle that talk of twelve teams? We get down to you know everyone gets one team and we we bring one more person into the league. I know the commissioner is a, he's a proponent of some contraction. Yeah, I mean it would have to be a, a long term strategy. I don't think we can just say next year, all right, you're losing the team. Everybody's yeah, but you know in five years we're gonna we're gonna do that. Okay. 2019, we're going to 14 teams, and then 2020, we're going to 12 teams. I'd, I'd be open to it. It's just, um, yeah, it is, it's a lot of teams. I mean, I, I like it. I like my teams. But 12 team leagues. Um, I like leagues with more teams, 14, 16, just because it takes a little more talent. You've got to do your research. You know. Yeah count on some of these Bilal Pals and um, whoever else, Lance Dunbar's. Um, so I like that aspect of it, but yeah, these bye weeks, it gets pretty slim picking. You're starting um, Robert Woods and those guys, and it gets tough. So yeah, I, I think you'd have, I think it'd have to be unanimous. Are you getting me here? Are we cutting out? What's that? Uh, is it cutting out? No. Okay, well, I I think if we ever did go to 12, it, it would pretty much have to be unanimous with the, with the eight owners. Um, I, I think you definitely have to do something where guys have to take a player or two with them to whichever team they want to keep. Yeah. It would definitely be interesting to see if, like, Gibby, Kurt, and Nick had to start with an expansion team the way you, Kevin, and I did. And then also it would be entertaining – Trying to figure out who the twelfth owner would be. Oh yeah, I would. Right? Do we do we bring in Chris Bean or like a CJ Vos or Adam or Kate Chubb? Or I got a great one for you, Grigsby. Grigsby would be great for the YFFL. That kid would crank out like hundreds of articles a year. <laughs> Is he still in that other league? Oh yeah, he's still there, but he's. I think he's actually trying to earn a living now, so he doesn't really have time to to do his 15,000-word manifesto at the beginning of each season. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I remember one year he was crazy. He took, like, Sean Hill in the sixth round of a redraft league. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> four by Sean Hill. By week, week four, he was benched, and by the end of the line to the 49ers, whoever. He was, uh, he was like Donald Trump of uh, fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's he's a character, that's for sure. He's he's good for the league he's in, that's for sure. Well, right, so yeah, I'd be on that handle, you know, something for the best interest of the league. I'll, I'll go Robert Kraft. I'll, I'll 
I'd agree to it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would agree to it at this point, especially where my mental health just can't handle two teams. It's just, in no Nick, this isn't an invitation for you to start hounding me for my team, but one team would definitely be easier on the psyche, that's for sure. Yeah. And it kind of makes everyone more out to win now when you only have one team because it's a lot easier to kind of punt a season with when you have two teams. Like, well, true. it is. You know, and the team sucks, I'll just go for the high draft pick and I'll really focus on my one team I think can do something. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the offenses in the NFL look pretty terrible. I think that might be one reason some of the scoring is down. We're not seeing some players play very well, and it seems like every game we're just getting flag after flag. Would the Bills have 17 penalties the other day? Yeah, the Jets, too. They had, I think they had almost 180 yards in penalties. Uh, it's definitely been more sloppy, um, and there's just bad football being played. Um, there's just a the San Francisco 49ers are atrocious. They are just so bad that coach doesn't know what he's doing. Capper can't do anything. High's a great player, but they stack the box against them. He can't go anywhere. Uh, there's just, I mean, and the 49ers are probably not even the worst team in the league. It's just, there's just some really bad football. Um, I think we should just fast forward to the Packers Patriots Super Bowl. There's only a handful of good teams. I guess the Bengals are a good team. We'll put them in there. I don't. I don't know how they'd stack up against you know the Patriots. I guess we'll get to see against the Cardinals this week. But it's just a weird vibe in the NFL right now. Like if the Jets are really one of the top ten teams. I watch them every week. They're okay. They're not great. They're three and one. They'll probably end up with nine or ten wins now. But uh, it's really lopsided, uh, and it's affecting fantasy. And we're seeing it in these low scores and. Just, uh, yeah, and the game takes four hours. Like, I was, I was surprised last night when I got that text from you about, um, Calvin Johnson. Luckily, I didn't see it until 5 a.m. or I would have been up for the night. But, he was at like 11.20. They, they cranked that game on like two hours, 45 minutes. It was, you yeah, know, incredible. Was, you know. Yeah. That's how a game should be. A game should, you know, it should be done by 11.30. You can go to bed instead of these four hour marathons every time. Yeah, that Jets Dolphins game was the exact opposite. I think I think they wanted to end that by twelve thirty Eastern so they could go to CBS's pregame show, yeah. Yeah. and it didn't end to like one fifteen. And I mean, it was just all the penalties and the injuries and the pomp and circumstance of being in London that was going forever. Marcy kept bugging me. You said this be over by eleven thirty. You said this be over. <laughs> I'm like, honey, we still got three more. We got the one o'clock, the four o'clock, and the prime time game to go. This is just game one of the quadruple header. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, just, just let her know that the Jets are on by this week. So I did. We planned a weekend getaway. So oh, there you go. So we'll be out of town, but yeah, I got my uh, Direct TV app on my phone. So when we're at the wineries, I'll fire that up and yeah, watch somebody. Oh, boy. Yeah, so this week we got Carolina, Miami, Minnesota, and the Jets on a bye. So, not really losing too much in the league other than, like, Adrian Peterson. It's really the only impact player in that group. Um, Brandon Marshall, Adrian Peterson come to mind. 
no one on the Panthers, obviously. Um, so it shouldn't be too bad of a bye week. I know my teams weren't too affected. Uh, let's see, what are the for night games this week? These are, these are, you know, these are exciting. We got the Colts in Houston on a Thursday. Will Andrew Luck play? Yes, will. Okay, and then, uh, Monday, uh, Sunday nighter is San Francisco at New York Giants. Ugh, Barf. Don't, don't tune in for that one. Monday night should have a lot of fantasy players going. San Diego. San Diego Chargers. I haven't watched a minute of a San Diego Chargers game this year. No, and get ready for it. It's ugly. It's uh, Antonio, uh, what's his name back, Gates? Antonio Gates first game back, yep. So who do the Chargers play? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Man, Pittsburgh getting all these primetime games. Two Thursday night games and a Sunday night game over the first five, I mean... Yeah, well, week one doesn't count. Week one, they don't really count the Thursday nighter, but after that, every team is required to play a Thursday game. Already, I, I count it. Tomlin can't be it. I mean, how do you get your team into a routine if you play two Thursday night games and a Monday night game in the first five? I mean, I'm sure Tomlin's livid about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, you know, they're expected to be, you know, with the, the big star offensive show this year, but you now Michael, Michael Vick's running it. Now let's swing this back to Wasserfeld. So we're we're a third of the way through the season. Who's who's the champion? Who's going to be the champion? 